ولي الصالحين واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى اله وسلم تسليما مزيدا اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما الى علمنا يا عليم الحكيم السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته It's an honor for me and a blessing that I come to this masjid and we remind ourselves about Allah Azza wa Jal. This is the greatest of all favors. That we come together for the sake of Allah. And we are here in the best of all buildings. The Prophet said, Ahabu al-Buldani ila Allah al-Masajid. The most beloved structures to Allah are the masajid. Why? In the masajid, you mention Allah's name. And the Messenger وسلم, used to teach his companions in the masjid. So the first university and institute cultivation is in the masjid. And this is where there is barakah because we have the angels coming all over the city here, coming together to listen to the hilq al-dhikr. So our mawdu' for tonight, the topic is <clears throat> roadmap, path to salvation. And if Allah gives us the ability, it'll be multiple parts. The Qur'an in general is a guide for us. The Qur'an is a blueprint. The Qur'an gives you a sense of direction. As Allah says, What surah is that? Anybody memorize the Quran? Surah Al-Isra. Barakallah. This Quran guides to what is most correct. So as long as you have the Quran, and you have the teachings of the Prophet Alhamdulillah, in this world and the Akhirah, you're in good position. That's it. You have the Quran, you have the Sunnah of the Prophet which is an explanation of the Quran. That's it. That's all we need. Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet One of the companions came and went to the wives of the Prophet They asked Aisha our beloved mother and they asked her how was the manners of the Prophet How did the Prophet behave at home? And Aisha she said His manners was the embodiment of the Qur'an. He was like a walking Qur'an. That's why he explained the Qur'an. So Alhamdulillah, the entire Qur'an is a roadmap. But the Qur'an, there are different verses, different surahs that Allah chose over others. For example, what is the greatest surah in the Qur'an? Surah Fatiha is the greatest surah in the Quran. وَلَقَدْ أَتَيْنَاكَ سَبْعًا مِنَ الْمَثَانِي وَالْقُرْآنِ الْعَظِيمِ 
Allah calls Al-Fatiha Quran Al-Azim. It is the greatest surah. So, alhamdulillah, I have one or two brothers are writing. In my speeches, there's going to be a lot of information, inshallah. There'll be a lot of information, and I want you to take the knowledge and carry it and pass it on. Sometimes you listen to a muhadara, a lecture, mashallah, it changes you. But after a few days, what happens? You forget about it. But if you write something down, we're the ummah of iqra, to write and to read so you can preserve it. So the Prophet wasallam, the greatest surah in the Quran is Surah Al-Fatiha, Tamam. So what is the greatest ayah in the Quran? These are basic questions that anyone should answer, inshallah. Ayat al-Kursi, Tamam. And inshallah, we'll begin at the zero. So if you haven't studied in your life, we'll begin from zero, inshallah, from scratch. By the will of Allah, we'll grow together, inshallah. So Ayatul Kursi is the greatest ayah in the Quran. The greatest surah in the Quran is Surah Al-Fatiha. All of the Quran is great. It comes from Allah. But Allah chose certain verses, gave more virtue to other verses and surahs. What is the longest ayah in the Quran? It's all about Quran, right? That's our roadmap. Our roadmap to salvation is the Quran and the son of the Prophet. What is it? MashaAllah, the ayah is correct, but what surah is that? They're very close to Imran. What is it? Surah Al-Baqarah. It's called Ayah to Dain, the ayah of uh, debt. That is the longest ayah. So, inshaAllah, our discussion, the roadmap to salvation, is found in one of the surahs of the Quran. It's found in one of the surahs of the Quran. And it is the reflections we'll have on Surah Al-Asr. Okay? Surah Al-Asr. In Surah Al-Asr, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us the roadmap to salvation. The entire Quran is a roadmap that can, from the Quran, to make it easy for us, Allah gave us one surah that if we were to contemplate on the surah, what would happen? It would have sufficed us. So this surah is a roadmap for salvation. If you act upon the surah, then you will be from those who will attain salvation. Who will read to us Surah Al-Asr? Any brothers going to read to us? MashaAllah. Go ahead. MashaAllah, Fatah Allah alayk. May Allah increase you in your recitation. So I make dua, what are you supposed to say? Allahumma ameen, ameen. We're all natives of dua. Do not give me money or anything, just make dua for me. That's better than anything else. Dua, which is sincere. So in Surah Al-Asr, our discussion for at least maybe two or three sessions will have will be Surah Al-Asr. And I expect next Saturday, inshallah, where's Brother Samir? I already told Samir that I'm going to, we need to write some books and pens. Next Saturday, inshallah, we'll write, okay? So you don't forget. And wallahi, for me, I'm happy to see the brothers, because like, like all of you here, I'm from here. I've just been traveling a lot for the past six, seven years. 
But right now, alhamdulillah, I'm back. And the best is to give da'wah to your own community. So in Surah Al-Asr is the salvation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَالْعَصْرِ إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَفِي خُسْرِ إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ وَتَوَاصُوا بِالْحَقِّ وَتَوَاصُوا بِالصَّبْرِ So our roadmap to success, salvation, is in three eyes, that's it. This Allah must make things easy for us. يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ بِكُمُ الْيُسْرَ وَلَا يُرِيدُ بِكُمُ الْعُسْرَ Allah wants to make things easy for us. And when you sit down with the major scholars, subhanAllah, they make complicated things easy for us. So just three eyes. You memorize these three eyes, you act upon it, then this will give you, inshaAllah, salvation. To the extent that Imam al-Shafi'i, he said, لَوْ تَدَبُّرُ النَّاسُ هَذِهِ السُّورَةِ If people were to reflect on this surah, لَوَسَعَتْهُمْ It would have sufficed them. This particular ather is sahih. Ibn Kathir mentions in his tafsir. I think we have tafsir Ibn Kathir, right? Tafsir Ibn Kathir, he quotes this in Surah Al-Asr, in the tafsir of Surah Al-Asr. Imam al-Shafi'i also said, لَوْ مَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ حُجَّةً عَلَىٰ خَلْقِهِ إِلَّا هَذِهِ الصُّورَ لَكَفَتْهُمْ If Allah would to only reveal upon His creation this surah, what surah is this? I want, I want this to be a halqa which is alive because I don't want to talk for an hour. It just gets boring. Surah Al-Asr. If Allah would to only reveal this surah for the people, it would have sufficed them. So this surah is great. So this surah, the surahs of the Qur'an, how many surahs in the Qur'an? How many surahs? 114 surahs. Every single surah begins with Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim except for what surah? Surah Al-Tawbah. What's another name for Surah Al-Tawbah? Surah Al-Burah. Every single Surah in the Quran begins with Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim except for Surah Al-Tawbah. Why Surah Al-Tawbah? Some of the scholars have the opinion that Anfal and Tawbah is pretty much the same topic. It came down at the same time, it covers the same topic. Wallahu alam, Wallahu alam. So now Surah Al-Asr, I said is how many ayah? Three. Do you see how I didn't include Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim? Because Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, in one of the two opinions of the scholars, the stronger opinion is that Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim was revealed one time, and it is an ayah that separates the different surahs. Okay? So, when Jibra'il would end the surah, and he says, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Wal-Asr, the Prophet ﷺ is a new surah. So the Basmalah is the indication of a new surah. Some scholars have the opinion the Basmalah is also part of every surah. But if that's the case, Surah Al-Asr is how many ayahs then? Four. But we say Surah Al-Asr is how many ayahs? Three. So now you're like, SubhanAllah, there's two opinions, right? So whenever there's two opinions, do I take the opinion that I want to just take? Or should I try to follow the correct opinion? Follow, follow Yusuf? Follow the correct opinion, yes. Follow the correct opinion. So why do we say that is the correct opinion? Because of the, we have a hadith. The Prophet wasallam, he said there is a surah in the Qur'an that is 30 verses. If we were to read it and contemplate on it, this will protect us from the hellfire. What surah is that? 
Surah Al-Mulk, Surah Tabarak. So Surah Tabarak, 30 verses. The Prophet وسلم, did not include the best mala in Surah Tabarak. If he included the best mala in Surah Tabarak, what would happen? Tabarak would be 31. For that reason, when do we say that the best mala is the ayah by itself? Tamam. So now, every surah in the Quran, 114 surahs, every single surah could, could be divided into two. You have Meccan surahs and you have Medinan surahs. Anybody knows the Mecca surahs? When I say this surah is a Mecca surah, what does this mean? Go ahead. What's your name? Ifrad, mashallah. Yes, that's, that is the correct answer. Mecca surah does not mean it was revealed in Mecca. Most of it was revealed in Mecca, but it was revealed before the hijrah of the Prophet Sallallahu surahs was revealed after the hijrah, even if it was in Mecca. Certain ayat in Surah Al-Ma'idah, where Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala says, lakum This day I have completed your religion for you. This came in Mecca. It came in Hajjat al Wada, the farewell Hajj. But Surah Al Ma'idah is considered a Madinin or a Meccan Surah? Madinin. Because it was revealed after the Hijrah. It is not the location, it's actually the time when it was revealed. So Surah Al Asr is a Meccan Surah. All of this is introduction for us. So we have understanding. When was it revealed? Why was it revealed? What is the context? That's why in order for you to understand tafsir, there's a lot of conditions. The first and foremost condition is to know seerah. Without knowing seerah, you cannot understand tafsir. Without knowing seerah properly, you cannot understand tafsir. So Surah Al-Asr was a Mecca surah. It was revealed prior to the Hijrah of the Prophet And the Mecca surahs, they have certain style. The Mecca surahs, they're very compressed, they're short ayat. That's why in Surah Al- in Juz Amma, most of the surahs are Mecca, because they're very short, concise. The, the surahs that are Madani surahs, they're usually longer. Like surah, the Surah Al-Baqarah, Surah Al-Imran, Surah Al-Nisa, because there's a lot of ahkam, there's a lot of rulings. Okay? So Surah Al-Asr is a Mecca Surah. It consists of three verses. That's it. So Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala begins with Wal-Asr. Wa is the oath. In the Arabic language, when you have three letters, Wa, Ba, Ta. Wallahi, Billahi, these three letters, if you put in front of a word, you're taking an oath. So when Allah says, Asri, Allah is swearing by Al-Asr. And Allah swears by whatever He wants. Allah swore by Asr. What else did Allah swear by? Many surahs in the Quran, the beginning of it is the oath Allah takes. Surah, what else? Wal-Duha. What's your name? Umar, mashallah. What's Shams? What else? What tea? What adiyat? So many surahs. Okay? Allah takes an oath. So we find here 
that these surahs Allah has taken an oath. So when it comes to us as the creation, we're not allowed to take an oath except for with Allah's name. But Allah swears by whatever He wants. Is this understood? This is a principle you learn in Aqidah. Allah swears by whatever He wants. Allah swore by the sun. Allah swore by Walay the night. Allah swears by Asr. Allah swears by Duha. Allah swears by whatever He wants. And whatever Allah swears by, it shows this great importance. It shows this is something Shay'un Adeem. Okay? It shows it is something which is great. So, what are the three letters of Qasim, of Oath? Only Umar is answering two, three brothers. Other brothers, you ate some food, I think, right? Like, you know, when you eat before the dars, it's going to be hard to pay attention. Wallahi billahi. That's it. Khalas. That's why I say, Wallahi billahi tallahi. So, when it comes to these letters, wa, ba, and ta. Ta is only for Allah. You cannot say Tal-Layli. You cannot say Tal-Shamsi. Ta is only for Allah. As for Wa and Ba, it could be for anything. Allah says, وَبِاللَّيْلِ أَفَلَا تَعْقِلُونَ وَبِاللَّيْلِ Allah swears by the night. But as for Ta, it's only for Allah. There is a verse in the Quran where this is mentioned. Tallahi إِنْ كُنَّا لَفِي ضَلَالٍ مُبِينٍ إِذْ نُسَوِّيكُمْ بِرَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ In Surah Al-Shu'ara تَاللَّهِ إِنْ كُنَّا لَفِي ضَلَالٍ مُبِينٍ In Yawm Al-Qiyamah, when the situation is very bad, Qiyamah is very bad. Qiyamah is a very bad situation. It's very difficult. They will say, تَاللَّهِ, I swear by Allah, we were in a bad situation. إِذْ نُسَوِّيكُمْ بِرَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ When we made things, Equal with Allah. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swears by the Asr. Wal Asri. Okay? Wal Asr. So this is an oath. Whatever comes after the oath is very important. The oath itself is important. Anything that comes after the oath is also very important. Wal Asri. Allah swears by Wal Asr. Al Asr. All of mankind are in a state of destruction. So by default, you and I are lost. By default. Wal-Asri, Allah swears by the Asr. إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَفِي خُسْرٍ إِلَفِي خَسَارًا لَفِي هَلَاكٍ The human beings, they're in a state of destruction. Does Allah leave us like that? No. إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Except for, istithna. إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Those who have Iman. وَعَمِلَ الصَّالِحَاتِ They have righteous deeds with their iman. Iman itself is not enough. I believe in Allah, but I'm a very bad Muslim. I believe in Allah, but I don't pray. I believe in Allah, but I'm a criminal. Your belief in Allah has to incorporate in good deeds. Is that enough? No. وَعَمِلَ الصَّالِحَاتِ وَتَوَاسُوا بِالْحَقِّ We also encourage each other to do what is good. We are, we become a beacon of light for the community. As Muslims, we care about justice. Anything that benefits the community. There's a drive for homeless people. There's like a food drive. We Muslims will be part of it. Why? It benefits the community. Okay? Not only that, we also encourage each other to stay upon the truth. We need to have patience. So going back to the first ayah, Allah says, Wal-Asr. Al-Asr has 
So what does Asr mean? It has five meanings. The scholar has mentioned 15, 20. I'll just mention five. I think it's late for some of the brothers, right? I'll mention five. Okay? Number one, Al-Asr means time in general. Al-Dahr, Zaman. Allah swears by time. And time is everything. Everything is in time. Time is also creation of Allah. Allah created time. Time has a beginning, time has a end. It's something finite. It has a beginning, it has an end. So Al-Asri means Allah swears by time. Time is our entire life, everything. That's the first meaning. The second meaning is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swears by the time of Salat Al-Asr. Wal-Asri, Allah swears by the time of Salat Al-Asr. What is that? Who's keeping count? Keeping count? No. Who's keeping count? That was the second one. <laughs> second one, right? So what's the first one? Time, in general. What's the second one? Asr. Okay. The third one is Salat Al-Asr. Allah swears what Asr, right? Dhuhr, what comes after Dhuhr? Asr, Allah swears Salat Al-Asr. Swears by Salat Al-Asr. <clears throat> Number four, Allah swears by, Allah swears by our livelihood, our lifespan. Okay? So Muhammad, MashaAllah, will live, what's your name? Abdullah, MashaAllah, will live like 95 years, Bethlehem. Abdullah will live for 100 years. Those hundred years, Allah is swearing by your time. How long you'll be on earth, Allah swears by that. Okay? And number five, Allah is swearing by the time of the greatest human being. The time or the lifespan of the Prophet Okay, so now let's get back. The first one we said is time in general. As for time, so we have a slogan here in the West where what do we say? Time is what? Time is money. Tamam. Time is money. In Islam, we feel that time is greater than money. Why? Once you lose time, you'll never get it back. As for money, you could be bankrupt. MashaAllah, by next year, you're balling. You have a lot of money now, right? MashaAllah, you invested in some stocks or you, you invested in a business. Alhamdulillah. You can lose money, you can gain money. But time, you will never gain time. Abadan. You'll never gain that time. Okay? So, those who came to this dars, mashallah, they benefit. If you haven't come, you'll never get this time back. So time, is, we say time is life. Time is greater than money. So you have to value your time. And this was the condition of the salaf. Who, who, who are the salaf? You're going to say the word salaf. What's salaf mean? The early Muslims, the sahabas, right? The, the tabi'i. Those are our role models, right? And we say first three generations. Exactly, the first three generations. It means the best of the Ummah. Why? The Prophet said, The best of humanity from the time of Adam until the end of time is my generation. Three generations. The best of time. Who is in that generation? The Sahaba, Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali. Who is in that generation? The great Tabi'een. Muhammad ibn Sirin, Umar ibn Aziz. All of these great tabi'in. You know who's in that generation? The four imams, Abu Hanifa's generation, Imam Malik, Imam al-Shaf, Imam Muhammad. You know who's in that generation? The, the scholars of Umuhat al-Sitta, of Hadith, Imam al-Bukhari, Imam Muslim, 
the great giants of this ummah, subhanallah, and that's a prophecy, they came in the first three. Okay? So those that came before you, they're referred to as salaf. Those that come after, they're referred to as khalaf. فَخَلَفَ مِنْ بَعْدِهِمْ خَلْف خَلْف They come after. So the salaf, the early Muslims, they were stingy with their time. They were stingy with their time. To the extent that they were more stingy with their time than the greedy person is stingy with his money. You know, if somebody is greedy, they're very stingy with their money. Even if they give a dollar, they're stingy on it. So they were stingy with their time. Some of them, what they would do is, but as a human being, what happens? You have family, right? You can't always read the Quran, read a book. You have family. Sometimes, when their family comes to visit, they would actually do something else as well. So you would fold your clothes and you talk to your parents. This is how much they want to take advantage of their time. Let me do two things at one time. But us, for us, we're just burning time. Right? You're just like, you're on TikTok the whole day, the whole night. You go home now, TikTok, real, real. Short, short. It just never ends, subhanAllah. Okay? For two hours, the Fajr time. Just before Fajr, man, I'm so tired, you can go to sleep. This is real. I'm, t- I'm talking facts. It happens to all of us. So let's be stingy with our time. So the first one is time. Okay. The second one is, the second one is, we said the time of Salat al-Asr. So the word Asr, Asr, it comes from another word that we all know. Anybody knows? Asir. What does Asir mean? Juice, right? Like whenever you go to the Muslim countries, you go to the, the juice spot and there's a lot of asir and you get anything you want, right? Mangoes, like orange, whatever, avocado, whatever you want. So asr comes from the word asir. And always we need to understand the Arabic language so we understand what the meaning is. The word asir is to squeeze, okay? How do you make juice? You squeeze what? The fruit. You squeeze the juice out of the orange, huh? So the time of Asr is the last part of the day. You squeeze in the last part of the day. So Asr is literally the ending of the day. The time of Asr. This is the time of Asr. It's a great time. Why? It is a time in which the angels they have an interval. The Prophet ﷺ said there are angels that come during the time of Fajr and angels that come during the time of Asr. And they rotate. They rotate. Why? This is a time of a special time. Asr is also a time in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed. The time of Asr. Also, Asr is a time where most of us were busy. So if you spend a few minutes out of your time, prepare for Salat al-Asr, make dhikr in in this time, you are from those who are special. The third meaning is, because I'm going to ask the five again, the third meaning is Salat al-Asr. So Salat al-Asr, as some of the scholars say, it is the greatest Salah. How many Salat do we pray? Five. So Salat al-Asr is the greatest Salah. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Baqarah, حَافِذُوا عَلَى الصَّلَوَاتِ وَالصَّلَاةِ الْوُسْطَى Preserve, protect 
your prayers. Guard your prayers. That should be enough, right? Allah says, وَالصَّلَاةِ الْوُسْطَى Especially the wusta prayer. So what does wusta mean? Wusta means as, mashallah, what's your name? Faisal, mashallah. Our, our Sheikh here, Faisal, no, no, no. is answering a lot of the questions. <laughs> so as Sheikh Faisal said, wusta means middle. Wusta also means something else. Let's get closer, shall we? Wusta means something else. What else does it mean? Wusta means middle. There's also another meaning. وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَاكُمْ أُمَّةً وَسَطًا We're called أُمَّةٌ وَسَطًا We're the middle nation. Wusta also means the best. وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَاكُمْ أُمَّةً وَسَطًا We have made you the best of nations. So wusta means the best. What is akhyar? What is the best? What is chosen? So the Prophet sallallahu this ayah in Surah Al-Baqarah, hafidhu ala salawati wa salati wusta, the Prophet sallallahu explained this. So some of the scholars, this is salat wusta is fajr, others say is asir, others say dhuhr, but the correct opinion is that it is asir. Why? Because there's a hadith in Bukhari and Muslim. Any hadith that is reported by the two Imams, Al Imaman, the two Imams. Who are the two Imams? Imam Bukhari, Imam Muslim, they're called Sahihain. So now we have a terminology. If I say as mentioned by in the two Sahihs, I'm referring to what books? So if I say Sahih and again don't ask me, Ustaz, what does Sahih mean? Sahihan means Bukhari, Muslim. So there's a hadith in Bukhari and Muslim where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said شَغَلُونَا عَنْ صَلَاةِ الْوُسْطَى وَصَلَاةِ الْعَصْرِ It's one of his expeditions. He said they busied us from the wusta prayer, the Asr prayer. Okay? They busied us from the wusta prayer, which is the Asr prayer. The Asr prayer, the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, there are so much virtues of the Asr prayer. And especially the Asr and the Fajr prayer. To the extent that he said, Man salla Whoever prays these two salat, they'll enter Jannah. Why? These are the salat which is the most difficult salat. The most difficult salat is Salat al Fajr. Why? It's hard to wake up at that time. It is also Salat al-Asr, because that's the time you're working, that's the time you have school, that's the time you're at the university, you're always busy at that time. No one is always, no one is available Asr. Look at yourself. Just look at your schedule. What time is Asr? Uh, around five, right? MashaAllah. In, in the Hanafi Madhab, it's extended. You know, in the Nafi Shafi'iyah, it comes a bit early. But Alhamdulillah. You know, the, the Hanafi Madhab is also very strong. Me personally, I've studied with scholars from all Madhahib. And the Hanafi Madhab, they have a, they have a hadith. That's why they delay it. And then after Shafi'iyah, we pray Asr when he first comes in. Okay? So, the Asr prayer is the most difficult time to pray because you're busy. The Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam also said when he comes to the Asr prayer. 
The hellfire will not touch effect. Whoever preserves their prayer before the rising of the sun, which is Fajr, and before the setting of the sun, which is Asr, the hellfire will not touch them. The Messenger وسلم, he said, Man taraka salat al asr. Whoever leaves one asr prayer, habidat a'maluhu. His deeds are destroyed. Just one asr prayer. The Messenger also said, The Messenger, this is Amr. Inna Allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi. It's a command. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslim. Allahumma salli wa sallim ala nabiyina Muhammad. The Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Man fatathu salatul asr. Whoever loses the asr prayer, you run out of time. Fakaannama, it is like the person lost his entire family and wealth. Imagine that. Your mother, father, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles. You lost all of them, just like that. If you miss one of the Asr prayers, the Asr prayer is a great prayer. That's the third meaning, Salatul Asr. What is the first meaning? The time, in general. What's the second meaning? The time of Asr. What's the third meaning? Salatul Asr. The fourth meaning is your lifespan. Right? And let me tell you one thing. This ummah, we have the shortest of lifespans compared to any other nation. The, the other nations before us, they will live for hundreds of years. Nuh salam, how long did he live for? A thousand? He gave da'wah for 950 years. Some scholars say he became a prophet at the age of 40, so he lived for 990 years. Adam salam, lived for how long? Adam, our father, a thousand years. Other prophets, 300 years, 400, 500. So when the Sahaba heard this, the Prophet وسلم, and imagine this, the time of, of the Prophet وسلم, was the greatest of all time. Amazing. So the Messenger وسلم, informed them of a man from Bani Israel, the nations before us. He was in constant ibadah for 1,000 months. How long is 1,000 months? We should know because of Laylatul Qadr. How long is 1,000 months? Come on. 1,000 divided by 12 is how much? 83 years and how many months? 83 years and? Four months. 83 years and some change. The Sahaba said, SubhanAllah. One man, 83. Not he was, he was young and adolescent, 83 years of ibadah, straight. The companions said, it's going to be hard for us to compete with these people. Because the companions, their goal was what? About Jannah. If I said right now, I have all of the secrets for the stock exchange, there will be no place to sit here. Every single person will come here. I have the secrets. To get a job, they'll get six figures, everyone will come here. But the companions, their mindset was not for this world. 
their mindset was for Jannah. لمثل هذا فليعمل العاملون سابقوا إلى مغفرة من ربكم. That's what the companions were. So they said, Ya Rasulullah, we cannot compete with these people. Abadan. Then Allah blessed this ummah with what? Laylatul Qadr. One night that is greater than a thousand months. So the ummah of the Prophet there's a hadith in At-Tirmidhi. At-Tirmidhi is the, the Jami' At-Tirmidhi. Imam At-Tirmidhi, Abu Isa At-Tirmidhi. Also Abu Isa At-Turmidhi. So his name could be pronounced in three words. Tirmidhi, Turmidhi, and Tirmidhi. The most famous one is Tirmidhi because it's But if I say Turmidhi, then I said the Sheikh is making a mistake. Turmidhi, you can also call it Turmid. Okay? And Abu Isa Tirmidhi did not, as we know, he, came, he did not come from the Arab background, he did not come from Arabia. Abu Isa Tirmidhi, Abu Isa Tirmidhi, and Imam Muslim, and Imam al Bukhari. Ibn Majah, they all came from a region that used to be called Khorasan. Okay? Khorasan right now comprises of a lot of countries. So Abu Isa al-Tirmidhi, there is a hadith that he collects in his uh, sunan or jami' where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, A'maru ummati ma bayna sittira wa sab'een. The lifespan of my nation is between 60 and 70 years. Don't ever think anything you get more than 70 is, is a bonus. Anything more than 70. If you live 40, that's enough actually. That's why a lot of the early, the Salaf, when they hit 40, when they become 40 years old, the next day, they'll give their shop business to their sons, their, their daughters, their family. They would try to focus on their ibadah. Because once you hit 40, what happens? You have a few years remaining before you die. This is their mindset. So this ummah is given a short lifespan. What is the lifespan of this ummah? 60 or? وَقَلِيلُ مِنْهُ مَا تَجَاوَزَ sab'een. A few of the ummah pass 70. The best of the ummah, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, how old was he when he died? 62. 62? 63. MashaAllah, okay. How about Abu Bakr? Make it easy, it's, a, it's an easy question. 63 there's a hadith in Bukhari, the hadith of Abdullah ibn Abbas. Do we know who Ibn Abbas is? Ibn Abbas, Abdullah ibn Abbas, do we, do we know who this man is? He was a young boy in the time of the Prophet Some of our brothers here, young boys, 10, 11, young kid. But the Prophet وسلم, he saw potential in him. See, that's something we make today, a mistake. If I'm given a lecture, I don't want to see any kids. I'm a big sheikh. Ya Habibi. The Prophet ﷺ would have kids with him. He saw potential in this young boy, Abdullah ibn Abbas. So he invested in him. Sometimes you may have a young boy with us, a young girl with us. They will change the ummah by the permission of Allah. 
So don't ever underestimate the young children. Okay? Whenever you see a community, mashallah, this community, we have a lot of young brothers and sisters, but we need to also bring the younger brothers and sisters. If you, if you see a community only with the uncles, 10 uncles here sitting with me, then I will say this, this community has problems. This community is not healthy. Where, where are the young brothers? Where are the young sisters? Abdullah ibn Abbas, the Prophet wasallam, saw a lot of potential in him. Just the way Imam Ibn Malik, there's a great Imam, grammarian, Ibn Malik. He has a, a, a kitab called al of Ibn Malik. In his halakha, there was a young boy whose name was Yahya, young kid. But he saw this Yahya child, young boy, he has potential. You know what the young boy was? This young boy would change the Ummah forever. His name is Yahya bin Sharaf and Nawawi. Yahya bin Sharaf and Nawawi, right? Riyadh al-Salihin, Arbi'in al-Nawawi, Kitab al-Adhkar. Every single madhab from every single country in the world, every single masajid we find, I guarantee you, do we have Riyadh al-Salihin here? We have, mashallah. Riyadh al-Arbi'in al-Nawawi. This young boy used to be in the halaqa of the great Imam Ibn Malik. And he said, Wafina, we have a young boy with us here that has a lot of potential. So this great companion, Abdullah ibn Abbas, because we need role models here. Ikhwani wa we need role models. Because you have the prophets, mashallah, Allah chose them. The companions, they're not prophets. The tabi'een, they're not prophets. Atba'at tabi'een. Imam Noah was not a prophet. Imam Abu Hanif was not a prophet. Bukhari was not a prophet. They're regular people just like you and I. So we have to study their life. How did they reach this level so we could follow in their footsteps? Ibn Abbas says, Ni'matani, the hadith is in Bukhari, there are two blessings. Many of the people, they lose out in these blessings. What are they? Having good health and having free time. Has anybody visited the hospital recently? Anybody? Have you visited the hospital? When you go to visit the hospital, first, I don't even like the way it smells. Because you just feel like, subhanAllah. When you go to the hospital, people that are in the beds, they will give anything for health. Just if Allah could reveal this cancer or Allah could remove this disease from me. What are they asking for? Health. You and I right now, alhamdulillah, we're healthy, we're young, we're strong. Two blessings that most people do not take advantage of is their health and faragh, your free time. Especially when you're young. You're not paying rent, you live with your parents. You wake up in the morning, there's food on the table. Life, life is good. This is the time where you're supposed to put a lot of effort in learning. There'll come a time where you have to wake up in the morning, leave your house, come back and bring some money, bring some food. You get busy. So take advantage of your time before you use it. The fifth meaning of Al-Asr is the lifespan of the greatest of all of humanity, the lifespan of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. 
لعمرك الله سورة الحجر says لعمرك I swear by your life I swear by your life so the lifespan of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam zaman al-wahi the time of revelation why in studying the Quran what's the what is the greatest prerequisite for studying the Quran you have to study the seerah because the Quran was revealed in a span of how many years how many years 20 26 okay mashallah 26 close anybody knows 23 23 years and the Quran came down as Allah says it came down in stages. The disbeliever said, Why didn't it come? Jumlatan wahida one time, like the Torah and the Injil came one time. Quran came in the span of 23 years. We'll take questions, inshallah, in the end. What time is Isha? 8.30? Can we have some time? Does that, does that work, the clock? Is that correct? Yeah. So that's correct. So the Prophet wasallam, Allah swore by his lifespan, the time of revelation. The Messenger wasallam, came in a time. He came in a time where mankind was at his worst stage. When you have different levels, right? The lowest stage was the time before the Prophet ﷺ was sent. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the messenger with Quran. He sent him with light. Believe in Allah and his messenger and the light that was sent with him. Allah gave him light. لِتُخْرُجَ النَّاسَ مِنَ الظُّلُمَاتِ إِلَى النُّورِ بِإِذْنِ رَبِّهِمْ إِلَى صِرَاطِ الْعَزِيزِ الْحَمِيدِ What was this Qur'an revealed? So people can be taken away from the darkness to the light. So we have to all study the life of the Prophet We have to have an idea of how long he lived. How long did he live for? We said 63. How old was he before he became a Prophet? So how long was he a prophet and a messenger? 23. When did he become a prophet? When? What, what ayah came out and became a prophet? Iqra. He became a prophet when Iqra came down. He became a messenger. We have to have a seerah class. If Allah gives us life, we'll cover five books of seerah. How many books? Five. From basic to advanced. Naam? Muddathir. Ya ayyuhal muddathir. Qum fa'anthir wa rabbaka fa'kabbir. He became a messenger. How many kids does he have? Children? Come on. Jama'ah in the back. These are baby questions. How many children did the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam have? Seven. What's their names? Okay. Just put, put, give me one name. 
Ibrahim, mashallah. Abdullah, Qasim, Rukhaya, Amsel. Naam. Fatima Zahra, mashallah. Zaina, Um Kalthum. Okay? Seven. Out of the seven kids, six, their mother was Khadija. So his first child is named Qasim. His kunya is called Abul Qasim. Okay? That's why that kunya only belongs to the Prophet. One day the Messenger was walking, and a man said, Ya Abul Qasim. The Prophet turned around. He said, No, I'm talking to other Abul Qasim. Then the Messenger he said, Name your children after my name, walakin do not take my kunya. Okay? There's a great Imam from the Shafi'i method, Imam al Rafi'i, Abdul Karim al Rafi'i. His kunya is Abul Qasim. So, this great Imam, he loved the Prophet so much. Since his parents did not give him the name Muhammad, he said, I want to have something with the Prophet. His name is Abul Qasim. So, he said, What is not allowed is for a man to be Muhammad whose kunya is Abul Qasim. That's not allowed. Other scholars say no. Abul Qasim is only for the Prophet. ﷺ. So his first child is who? Qasim. After Qasim, you have then Zainab. After Qasim, you have Zainab. After Zainab, who do you have? Rukhaya. After Rukhaya, who do you have? Um Kulthum. After Um Kulthum, who do you have? Fatima. After Fatim, who do you have? Abdullah. Abdullah. Abdullah has three names. Abdullah. He's also called Tayyib and Tahir. What's that mean? Tayyib means what? Tayyib, mashallah. Tayyib is good. Tayyib is pure. Tahir means pure. Why did they call him Tayyib and Tahir? Because Khadija, our mother Khadija, had him after the Prophet became a Prophet. So he was born while the Prophet was a messenger and a Prophet. That's why he's called Abdullah Wahuwa Tayyib al-Tahir. Some scholars say, no, there's three sons. There's one, one, one son. His name's Abdullah. He's also called Tayyib and Tahir. Those are six children from Khadija. And one came towards the end, whose mother is Marit al-Kubtiyah. His name is Ibrahim. Okay? And this son, Ibrahim, the Messenger وسلم, there is a hadith which is which is which is acceptable. Okay. Where he said, Lawasha Ibrahim ibn Nabi Lakana Siddiqa Nabiya. Lawasha, if Ibrahim, the son of the Prophet, would have lived and become a man, he would have become a prophet. But Allah made the last prophet who? Muhammad sallallahu Ibrahim was the last of his children. He died in Medina a few years before the death of the Prophet And when he died and he was given the news of the death of Ibrahim early in the morning, the Prophet the best of all men, he was tested from the time he was a child until towards the end of his life. He was tested. Imagine this, okay? The Messenger he never saw his father. 
ألم يجدك يتيما فآوى ووجدك ضالا فهدى ووجدك عائلا فأغنى You know, Surah Al-Duha, Surah Al-Nashr, it came for the Prophet. He's talking about the Prophet Allah said to him, have we not found you as an orphan? He never met his father. His mother died when he was young. His grandfather died afterwards. When it comes to his children, they all died before him except for one. Who's that? Fatima. And Fatima lived for how long? Six months after? Him, and how do we know that? Because Aisha has said just before the Prophet died, he was sitting with his wives, then Fatima came, and Fatima used to look like her father. What's that mean? She was very beautiful. Anybody that looks like the Prophet is beauty to the highest level. The way she walked and the way she looked. So when he saw his daughter come, he stood up for her. And he embraced her and he gave her a hug. And he told her something in one ear and she started to cry. He told her something in the other ear, she started to become happy. So Aisha, our mother Aisha, such a brilliant genius of a human being. Her brain was something else. She noticed that. But she kept it to herself because this is something between a father and a, and a daughter. You can't ask that unless someone makes it public. She kept quiet. Once the Prophet ﷺ died, she said, Ya Fatima, do you remember that day? When the Prophet stood up and he gave you a hug and he said something to you, you cried and he became happy? She said, yes, my father told me he's about to die very soon. Because he's a Prophet. Allah gives him revelation. Then she said, when I heard my father's about to die, you're going to cry. Then he told her in the other ear, you, Fatima, will be the first person from my family to die after me. And Fatima only lived for six months after. Look at the tests. So when his last son, Ibrahim, died, the messenger, sallallahu alayhi started to cry and weep. He started to cry and he had tears. Then Abdurrahim ibn Awf said, Ya Rasulullah, even you are tearing up? So he said, Yabna Auf Tears from my eyes is mercy. I'm a man. I'm a father. I lost my child. Walakin, we never say anything to question Allah. You never say, why me? You never ever say, why me? Who are you to question Allah? Allah knows best. whenever you hear the news, subhanAllah, we'll have to hear this one of these days, right? We all have parents, eventually our parents, they're going to die one day. So inshallah, when you hear that news, when somebody calls and says, Subhanallah, Mama died, Baba died, you first thing that comes in your brain, الَّذِينَ إِذَا أَصَابَتْهُمْ مُصِيبَةٌ قَالُوا إِنَّا لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّا إِلَيْهِ رَاجِعُونَ That's it. Don't ever say why my mom was young, my dad was young, my child is a baby, my brother is 15 years old. You never say why. You say, Inna lillah wa inna ilayhi raji'un. Ulaika alayhim salawatun min rabbihim wa rahmat. So the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this is his children. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Wal asri, what are the five meanings of al asr? 
Because you said this is our roadmap. The first, it's only three ayahs. What's the first meaning? Time in general. Second meaning? Uh, the Asr time. Asr time is for like two hours, three hours. Asr time. Three? The Asr, Salat al Asr. Four? Your lifespan. Five? The lifespan of the Prophet. Allah says, Wal Asr. So you have Al-Qasm, you have Jawab Al-Qasm. Okay? Wal Asr, by the time. What about it? Inna al-insana lafi qusr. Allah swore by time, and Allah said, Verily, surely, indeed, no doubt. Al-insan lafi qusr. Al-insan, okay, and that's why, I remember one of my teachers told me this a long time ago. He said, of course, growing up here, Arabic you have to learn, right? Arabic is not something you're just born with. Even if you're Arab, you speak Amir, right? Egyptian dialect, Sudanese dialect, right? Shami dialect, that's not really the Arabic of the Quran. So even if you're Arab, you have to learn the, the Nahwa and the Saruf and everything. And one of my teachers, he told me that, as long as you have not captured the Arabic language, you'll always be a guest in your own religion. He told me that. He said, as long as you do not understand the Arabic of the Quran and the Ahadith, you'll always be a guest in your own religion. What do I mean by this? When Allah says, There's something missing over there. If you understand Arabic, you know what it means. Allah says, Al here is jinsul insan. Because of the alif lam, it means every single human being, a kullul insan. Innal insan, a kullul insan. Every human being is in a destruction is in a way of error, is eventually going to lose. Because Al, as the Nadam, he said, Al means jam. Al is everything, right? Al insan. So Allah says, Innal insan. Verily, mankind. That means all of us, right? If Allah said, Inna insan, then maybe there's an exception. Innal insan means every single human being lafi qusrin is in a state of destruction. Eventually, if you just follow the flow, right? That's a lot of us do. Just follow the flow. Alhamdulillah. Right? People are doing this, you do this. So right now everybody's at Shisha place, you go to Shisha spot, it's, it's Adi, right? Everybody does it. Right? Next next week will be weed, everybody does it. Music, everybody does. It's on TikTok. You just, if you just go with the flow, what's gonna happen to you? You're gonna follow. You're gonna be in disaster. That's why Allah says, "In the insani, kullul insan, all of humanity, every single one of us, you and I, no exception, will be in a state of disaster. Except, illa ladina amanu wa amanu salihat wa tawasu bil haq wa tawasu bil so for us, the roadmap to salvation, because our goal is Jannah. What is our goal? Jannah. The Sahabis just only think about Jannah, Jannah, Jannah. 
Ya Allah, Ya Rasulullah, how, what does Allah want? How do we enter Jannah? They would ask this. That's really, if you look at the questions, unlike the followers of other prophets, they would ask for food. They would ask for worldly stuff. You know what happened with the disciples of, of Isa, Surah Al-Ma'idah, they asked for food from heaven. The companions of the Prophet ﷺ, their main concern is the concern of the Akhirah. It was not this world. Why? You choose this world, but the Akhirah is Khayrun wa Abqa. What story is that? We should all this, right? بَلْ تُؤْثِرُونَ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةُ خَيْرٌ وَأَبْقَى إِنَّ هَذَا لَفِي الصُّحُفِ الْأُولَى صُحُفِ إِبْرَاهِيمَ وَمُوسَى Yes, we have to all, inshallah, get better at the Qur'an. That has to be. Surah Al-A'la. Allah says, you choose the world of this, you choose Hayatul Dunya, the lowly world. وَالْآخِرَةُ But the Akhirah is better for you. How, Ya Allah? How is Akhirah better than us? See how the Quran is? The Quran is tibyan kulli shay. Quran covers everything you ever want in this world, in akhirah. How is akhirah better, ya Allah? Allah is telling us. Wal akhiratu khayrun wa abqa. Akhirah is better than this world for two reasons. Khayrun, it's better. If we compare apples and apples, okay? Apples of this world, apples of Jannah, apple of Jannah is better. If you're comparing apples and apples, the milk of this world, the milk of Jannah, which one is better? Jannah. Anything in Jannah is better than this world. Allah says, is also everlasting. Unlike this world, whatever, you're thirsty, you drink water, what happens afterwards? Your stomach is full. You're hungry, you go, you go to mashallah, halal buffet, you eat for like an hour, what happens afterwards? You're like, you're tired. Akhirah is not like that. It's everlasting. You can eat, 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 and it feels better. Why would you choose this world? You're choosing this world. Allah wants the for you. Why? So in the first two ayah, Allah says, Allah swears by Asr. Now we know what Asr means, right? So now, Swearing. Allah swears by Asr. We said Allah is allowed to swear by anything that He wants. That shows what? Of great importance. How about us as human beings? We're only allowed to swear by Allah. The Messenger وسلم, as Sahihain, as mentioned in Sahihain. What does Sahihain mean, Ya Jama'a? The hadith is in Bukhari and Muslim, agreed upon. The Messenger وسلم, saw Umar bin Khattab Umar al-Faruq Umar al-Faruq swearing by his father I swear by my father I'm going to do this and this The Prophet وسلم, said Another hadith says Ummahatikum. Do not swear by your fathers or mothers Man kana halifan if you're gonna swear, you swear by Allah or keep quiet. Because it's from a jahili, the person I swear by my mom's grave. We even have that, right? I swear by my mom. Don't swear by your mother, swear by Allah. Right? 
I swear by the, the Lord of the Kaaba. You can do that. I swear by Allah. Do not swear by your mothers or I swear by my life. Your life will not concern about your life. This is actually a shirk, as we'll learn now. So the Prophet said, Man kana halifan, falyahlif billah. You're going to swear? Swear by Allah. Awli yasmu will keep quiet. There's another hadith that Imam al Turmidi or Tirmidi, okay, Imam al Tirmidi and Abu Dawood, where the Prophet said, Man halafa li ghayrillahi faqad kafar. If you swear by anything besides Allah, you have disbelief. Riwaya means another narration, okay? So sometimes the hadith, what do you have? You have different companions hearing it. They only mention what they what they actually heard from the Prophet. One time you said kafar, one time you said ashraq. Okay, now, hold up now, okay? Do you know what this means? Whoever swears by anything besides Allah has disbelieved. So did Umar swear by anything besides Allah? I just, yes, he swore by who? His father, Okay, now what are we gonna do now? Do we say Umar left Islam? Tell me why. Okay, he didn't know. Okay, well, what, why not? What else? So right now, I swear, I swear by my mom, and I left Islam. Jama'a, we need to have some fiqh now. Let's go. It's your turn. I, my, my talk is done. Okay, so the brother Umar, right? Mashallah. Beautiful name. Umar said, Umar did not know. Tamam. What's another point? Maybe he didn't know. Go ahead. He meant it. He meant to swear by his father. Okay? Maybe he didn't mean it. Okay? La'allah. Okay? So we can learn. So, so we can learn. The Prophet does that so we can learn. Okay? What else? Because now we're going to have... This is going to be very problematic. You know why it's going to be problematic? Go ahead. What's, what's another reason? The niyyah, mashallah, okay, what else? Mashallah, the fiqh is good. Niyyah, we said shard, we said al udhu bil jahl, didn't know. Mashallah, if he's going to repent, mashallah, khuna Umar has a lot of excuses for Umar, mashallah. What is, what's another one? This is going to be problematic. You know why? Right now, if we take the hadith verbatim as it is, we're going to start applying it. Okay, this brother said he was playing basketball. I swear by my mom uh, that was a foul. Do you say he's a kafir now? It's problematic. You cannot learn Islam You cannot learn Islam without a teacher. Okay? Many issues come up because of something like this. You can't Google this, right? Google may not give you the answer. The hadith is sahih. There's no excuses about it. It's sahih. So the scholars, they say, this is minor shirk. Umar didn't know. No problem. What if this brother Umar again playing basketball after you heard the hadith? You, you slipped, right? You said, I swear by my mom that was a foul. This is minor shirk, not major shirk. The Prophet did not tell Umar, make shahada again. But how do we know if you don't stand with the teacher? 
There's something called minor shirk and major shirk. Don't ever swear by anything besides Allah. So many things come. That's why the great companion Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu, he said, لَن أَحْلَفَ بِاللَّهِ كَاذِبًا أَحَبُّ إِلَيَّ أَنْ أَحْلَفَ بِاللَّهِ صَادِقًا He said, if I were to swear by Allah, and I'm telling a lie, is better for me than swearing by anything besides Allah and being truthful. This is a major, major sin, because lying is a major sin. But this is actually a minor shirk. So when you have something like this, when you swear by anything besides Allah, even if you do it, you didn't know you forgot, this is a major, it's a sin. You have to make tawbah. But you're not a kafir. Why? If a person does kufr, does not make him a kafir. That's why we, don't, we, we do not make takfir on people. Perhaps the brother didn't know. So the dilemma, the problems that we're having today in our society is that everybody Googles, YouTube, TikTok, okay, this brother said this, they apply it. That's not knowledge. Knowledge is from a sheikh to a sheikh to a sheikh to a sheikh. That's why in the Quran, we have ijazah. It goes to the Prophet Bukhari, there's ijazah. Whatever you learn, you have to learn it from a sheikh. But nobody has patience today. Everybody wants to put something in a microwave, come back, in two weeks, khalas, you're, you're a mufti now. It takes a while. It takes more than two weeks, definitely. Okay? So now here, this is a minor shirk. That's how we explain it. It's called shirk al-fal. It's not major shirk. Tamam. You have all these problematic, sometimes, ayat. That's why you have to go back to the people of knowledge. I remember a time where um, Jehovah Witness, right? You've met all of them, right? They, they, they dress well. They're on a bicycle. They came up to us and they're like, are you Muslim? Yeah, we're Muslim, yeah, what's going on? They're like, you know, is, is the Quran perfect? The Quran is perfect. Is there a contradiction in the Quran? There's no contradiction in the Quran. They're like, we have a contradiction in the Quran. I said, okay, bring it. Alhamdulillah, that time I was half it. They said, bring the ayah. Tell us. They're like, okay, in the Quran, there are two ayahs that go against each other. Okay. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, when talking to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, إِنَّكَ لَا تَهْدِي مَنْ أَحْبَبْتَ وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءُ وَهُوَ أَعْلَمُ بِالْمُهْتَدِينَ Obviously he didn't know the Arabic. He said, You Muhammad cannot guide whom you love, but Allah guides whom he wants. That's an ayah in the Qur'an. There's another ayah in the Qur'an, Surah Al-Shura. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِنَّكَ لَتَهْدِي إِلَى صِرَاطِ الْمُسْتَقِينَ You Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam guide to the straight path. Are you with me now? How are we going to resolve that? It's on you now. We have to answer. How are we going to resolve it? They have the Indian pamphlet, by the way, right? They have 10 contradictions in the Quran. They have it like this. This verse, that chapter. How, how are you going to answer that? The Prophet He doesn't choose who he gets, okay? Okay, but the, the question is, does the Prophet وسلم, is guidance in his hands? No. no. Okay. So what does to explain the two ayahs for me then? The ayah, go ahead. Um, the Prophet وسلم, is the one who has the message to the straight path. MashaAllah. can't choose the person he wants. Like, I can't be like, oh, he's the one who's going to follow me. He's not going to follow me. 
Allah is the one like, oh, he's going to follow, but he's not. MashaAllah. So the guidance, it, Prophet Sallallahu has the guidance, but Allah is the one who, the one who actually gives. Him. Okay, how about Yusuf, go ahead. Okay, he couldn't guide his parents and he couldn't guide his uncle, okay, Abu Talib. Okay, so the way we ask it is what the brother said, is that there are two types of guidance in the Qur'an. Number one, you as a Jehovah's Witness cannot give any explanation of the Qur'an. The Qur'an is an Arabic language. Unless you know the Arabic language, you cannot give tafsir of the Qur'an, number one. Number two, in the Qur'an, Allah affirms two types of guidance. There is a Al-Hidayatul Irshad the guidance of direction okay Allah says nas. the Quran is the guidance for all of mankind Muslim non-Muslim it directs them and there is a Hidayatul At-Tawfiq the ability to accept the guidance and only Allah Azza wa Jal could give that so the ayah says innaka la tahdi man ahbabta walakin Allah yahdi man yasha is Hidayatul At-Tawfiq Again, knowledge has to be learned from the feet and the hands of scholars and students of knowledge. Inshallah, we'll stop over here. Uh, next week, we'll finish the, the last two, the last verse of Surah Al-Asr, uh, the roadmap to salvation. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us. I'm giving 10 minutes for questions. Any questions based on what we've learned today? Or just questions in general. Go ahead. What is salvation? Salvation, good, good. Salvation means success. Salvation means that you will enter Jannah. That's what salvation means. Any other questions? Go ahead. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He knew, he says in the Quran. He knew his son, he knew. But this shows the virtue of his son. He's talking about the hadith. Lawash Ibrahim ibn Nabi, lakana Sadiq al If Ibrahim, the son of the Prophet, would have lived, he would have become a prophet. But the Prophet is the last of messengers. Any other questions? Good question. Either the lecture was 100% or it was way above everybody's heads. Go ahead. A quick question I had was you mentioned the correctness of opinions when there is a difference of opinions. Uh, for lay people, how would they discern what is the more correct opinion? That's a very good question. Whenever there's two opinions, or three opinions, or ten opinions, who do we, as an average Muslim, what do we follow? And that's why the scholars, that's why you have madahib. Okay? Uh, the four madahib that are lasting, there are other madahib before. Uh, what are the four madhabs? Uh, the Hanafi, the Maliki, Shafi'i, and Hanbali, right? Abu Hanifa came and he died in what year? 150. You're going to start memorizing when they died. That same year, who was born? Imam Shafi'i. Okay. Imam Shafi'i died in what year? 204. That same year, who was born? Imam Muslim. Let's know the biographies, how some idea. Abu Hanifa came first. After Abu Hanifa, Imam Malik. Okay. 
Imam al-Shafi'i was the student of Imam Malik in Medina. When he went to Iraq, he studied with Muhammad ibn Hassan al-Shaybani, the student of Abu Hanifa. So he directly studied with Imam Malik and he studied with the student of Abu Hanifa. Then when he, get, he got to a certain knowledge, he got his own madhab. Then you have Imam Ahmed, who was a student of Imam al-Shafi'i. So do you see how all these four Imams are connected? There was more madhab before. The madhab of Imam Layth, madhab of Imam al-Awza'i, people of Shafi'i. But today the four madhab are lasting. So as, a, as an average Muslim, if you at least follow one madhab, because you're just a beginner, you, know, you cannot distinguish. You could say, okay, I follow the Hanifi madhab, this is what the Hanifi madhab has, is enough for you for now. Once you get to a level where, mashallah, you're a student of knowledge, then you see the difference. Then you have to follow what is more correct. If you're an Imam Mufti, Mujtahid, then you have to follow what is correct. Imam, uh, Imam Al-Nawawi, he's a great Imam of the Shafi'i Madhab, one of the greatest Imams. A lot of issues, he opposed the Madhab. This is what the Madhab has, but this is the most correct opinion. So for now, as beginners, we just follow a particular Madhab, or you follow a particular Sheikh in your city, and you follow that. This is easier for you. Do not Google and find out which is the most correct opinion. Okay? Now, Father, go ahead. How would one uh, know which madhab is best for them to follow? Because the madhab that's being practiced in your locality. But we, we live in America or in the UK where all the Muslims are here. In, gen in, in general, where are your parents originally from? Egypt. Egypt, mashallah. Okay. Where in Egypt? Alexandria, Alexandria Hamdali is actually, but yeah, Shafi'i, mashallah. So it depends where you're from, right? My parents are from Somalia, they're Shafi'is. Yemen, Somalia, Shafi'i. Most of the Asian brothers, they follow Hanafi. Hanafi. Brothers from Syria, they follow Hanafi. Uh, the Moroccan and Algerians and Mauritania, they follow uh, Maliki, right? Uh, in Saudi, they follow Hanbali. So if you're from, if you're from an area, they're practicing a certain madhab, you should follow that, not to confuse the people. But us in America here, this is something that we have to actually, we need imams and we need students of knowledge. But we have to try to focus to the best of our ability. You know what the difference was very small, right? Majority they agreed upon. The difference is very small in the madhab, it's not much. And every madhab, mashallah, they have a proof, is the way they understood it. That's why Imam al-Shafi'i, or Imam, he said, إِذَا صَحَّ الْحَدِيثِ فَهُوَ مَذْهَبِيِّ if the hadith is sahih, this is my madhab. Why Abu Hanifa did not see all the hadith? Imam Malik did not see all the hadith. Imam al-Shafi'i did not see all the hadith. Perhaps Abu Hanifa saw the hadith, but the hadith he saw it was da'if, so he didn't act upon it. It's okay. Do you see how the difference is? So there's books written on this mas'ala. But you as just an average Muslim, inshallah, follow your local imam, follow your student of knowledge, your sheikh, and make your life easy like that. Okay? You have any questions before about to pray? Yeah, go ahead. You, you don't typically pick and choose, right? Like, so if you're from Pakistan or India, you should follow the Hanifi Madhab because everybody's following the Hanifi Madhab. But the Hanifi Madhab, there's great Imams of the Hanifi Madhab. Imam al tahawi is a Hanifi, right? Many Imams, all the great Imams, they have giants amongst the Ummah, okay? So you don't want to do something because if, if, if the community is accustomed to do something, okay? Typically, yes, for me, I've studied in Egypt, I've studied Shafi'i Madhab, I've studied the Hanbali Madhab, but I remember once I gave a khutbah in a predominant Hanafi madhab, okay? So I actually did the bayan and I gave the khutbah in Arabic. Because in the Hanafi madhab, you have to give the khutbah in Arabic. Also, that's the issue with the Shafi madhab as well. 
If you give the Arabic, you have to give the khutbah in Arabic, except for if there's a dire need. Even in the Shafi method, that is our opinion. Okay, other schools say, well, if the people are ajam, give the language in a language they will understand. But we have conditions. They have to say, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, they have to Salah Ala Nabi, Ayah from the Quran, make dua for the Muslims. It's a long discussion, okay? So make our lives easy. Alhamdulillah, we have to, we're all in a quest for knowledge. Why? The greatest benefit of knowledge is Jannah. The Prophet said, the hadith of Abu Hurairah, Man salaka tariqan yaltamisu fihi ilma. Whoever embarks on a path to seek knowledge, Allah makes his path to Jannah easy. And that's our goal. We're not trying to learn so we become muftis. Maybe we'll never reach that level. We do our best. But we're learning so we may enter Jannah. What is our goal? Jannah. Where does Allah call us to? Jannah. Wallahu yad'u ila daris salam. Wa yahdi man yasha'ala surat al-mustaqeem. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us min al-ladheena yastami'oon al-qawla fayattabi'a ahsana. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept our efforts. Subhanallah, I'm, I'm very happy to see the brothers here, uh, sisters benefiting. And that's all it's about. It's all about watawasu coming together upon truthness coming together and being patient on this because this is what will give us salvation is understanding Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala I think we have two minutes before Isha right? Do we wrap it up over here? Okay, barakallahu feekum subhanakallahu bihamdik ashadu wa la ilaha illa anta astaghfiru wa atubu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh